discovering SEO was basically the gateway to my freedom. In today's episode, I invited Isabel from Bell Around the World. Bell has been a full-time travel blogger and digital nomad for the past years. She's built a large following on Instagram with over 16,000 followers and 80,000 organic traffic per month on her website. She's going to share her journey, how she's become a travel blogger, and how to bake free from a traditional life and find a lifestyle that makes you happy and successful. Now let's get into the episode. I'm super excited for our interview because I've been following you on Instagram. You're full of amazing pictures and stories. And I don't know, I think you have a very, very interesting life. And would you mind like introducing yourself and how you landed in this whole thing? Sure. First, thank you for your kind words. I have been a travel blogger for the past nine years and from the past uh, like from the past six years, I've been traveling full time, making travel blogging my job, reporting about travel guides, inspiring everything related to travel. And then recently, like getting into this whole digital nomad culture and also like getting more into SEO, which is amazing because I get to meet a lot more like minded people like yourself. Oh, yeah. I only joined this digital nomad life like. 10 months ago so I'm very very new so um, how did you come across like travel blogging I mean nine years ago that's quite some time ago right? yeah no so I started in 2015 because I was in university and we have this semester abroad I thought that this was going to be my last break from real life from working for the rest of my life so I had to really get a hold of this opportunity to do this whole traveling thing for one semester which is six months and so I was very excited I got my first DSLR camera and so I decided to start a blog to document everything and also provide a resource for other students that are going to be on the same path that I might be going on by providing all these student tips travel tips and stuff it was a balance of reality plus my dream of traveling of wanting to traveling more but because like you know i graduated i didn't really have any real working experience didn't really have any network um, even if i wanted to freelance write so i decided to kind of continue working a full-time job like the blog was still my pet project and i really wanted to grow it and the more i went into blogging the more i realized that oh there are so many travel bloggers out there who were able to do it full time and so I really went down this rabbit hole of okay how am I gonna grow my blog to the point where I would be able to do this full time and for me it was a challenge because I'm from Singapore and my audience was kind of in the Singapore Asia region whereas all these big established bloggers were either from the US or the UK or really started blogging really early on so it was kind of a struggle um, learning how to grow my traffic, my audience, but everything that I've learned really led me to where I am today, which was really amazing being able to travel full time, um, have a predominantly US and UK audience. So yeah, everything turned out well. That is so cool. Yeah. Like what methods do you use to uh, grow your traffic? I mean, a lot of people out here, they don't really know SEO. Like I think most people who do marketing, SEO is the last thing they think about. 
Yeah. yeah. I was obviously trying every single method and learning as much as I can, absorbing everything that I can. So I was like, I had all my social platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And then on top of that, I was still continuously writing blog articles. Um, and then at one point, I was trying to be more strategic because I don't have all the time in the world to be pushing out 20 Pinterest pins a day, um, nor, yeah, be pushing up posts every single day on social media. And then I looked at my Google Analytics, right? And I saw that surprisingly, the most traffic that I'm getting from is on an article that I had written, like one of my first articles that I'd written. And I have not even paid, paid attention to that article ever since it was pushed out. So I was like, ooh, what's driving this traffic? And that was when I discovered SEO. So really, it was by chance. I was reading, I was studying my analytics and then figuring out what is the best long-term solution that is time efficient. And so, yeah, I came across SEO and then I realized, okay, I can write a post and then leave it on its own. I don't even have to constantly promote, promote it on social media and it will still be able to rank on Google and get the traffic. And with monetizing a blog it's always about traffic you need you need to get more traffic in order to get more ad advertising money so so then it was then i focused all in onto seo and that really brought in tremendous results because like i wanted to be time efficient even if i wasn't working full time i want to free up my time to travel and that is kind of the whole point of blogging because like I wanted to free up time to do things that I love, not be stuck in a full-time job and only be able to travel, you know, 14 days a year. So discovering SEO was basically the gateway to my freedom. Wow. Okay, I'm going to quote you on that. And I love <laughs> that. Um, and now if you could uh, share, if you are comfortable sharing with us, like what's your like average monthly traffic today on your site? So because travel is pretty seasonal and it's already... Uh, summer is coming down to an end. Usually my peak traffic really comes about during summer season, which comes up to about like 80,000, 90,000 visits a month. That is amazing. That's amazing <laughs> results. Uh, like congratulations. And like, you know, when people look at these numbers and they don't really think about like you've been building this for nine years, you know, and it's just like so much effort goes behind any website and any channel like that. And yeah, so that's why like I love hearing these stories because we think like, oh, it's like a overnight success when you yeah. just hear these numbers, but it's like, you no, know, it's a nine year overnight success. Kind of thing. Yeah, and I've been, you know, when I was, I met you at the SEO Mastery Summit at an SEO conference. And I realized that, yeah, a lot of people are building really successful niche sites. But I guess what sets blogging apart from all these niche niche sites is that like with niche sites you can really churn out and scale content really rapidly and really grow rapidly whereas a blog is sort of like or at least from for my blog it was sort of like a personal brand so like there is definitely heart and soul put into it it's not like you want to give a half-ass job because it's basically also your personal portfolio and apart from, apart from just um, churning out content on the blog. I also like have to manage social media accounts and I also have a YouTube channel and 
also like building out newsletters. So it's it's I feel like an octopus at times, like where you have to become so many different types. You have to like take on so many different kinds of roles, like yeah. from a photographer when you are, let's say you are sent on a press trip, you are supposed to be the photographer and the videographer, and then. Once you finish all of, oh, and you have to do PR as well because you have to maintain good relations and at the end of it, and then there's all this post-processing of like all these assets. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now that you mentioned like press tours, what, what is that? Like I, I have yeah. no, no idea about like travel blogging. Yeah. I know about it, but I don't really know what is it like to be a travel blogger. So could you like share us that journey? Yeah, of course. So... As a travel blogger, basically our job is to promote tour travel and tourism. For me, I like to do the more off the beaten path types and also more adventurous types of travel. Um, so for the most part, I would choose my own style of travel, but occasionally I get invites by tourism boards, by hotels or tours, um, individual operators to to come and visit, to come and promote whatever business they're in. So sometimes like with tourism boards, I would then get an all expense paid trip to a destination. And they usually have like this whole planned itinerary for you to follow. Um, yeah, and so that is your job. And so you wanna do your job well, so you would wanna report everything as much as possible and as honest as possible as well. So yeah, it comes with like all these um, taking your photos, reporting of all these news and information that they pass on to you. And then going back at the end of the trip, it's still not done. It's not like fun is over because that's when the real work begins. And you start um, then sharing the information that you've learned and all the experiences that you've experienced during the trip. Okay. And what was your favorite trip so far? That was like a press tour-ish like they sent you. I would say like the most memorable one would be my very first press trip because I know it is like in the beginning when I first started out it was it is difficult to get a press trip because you would have to be legitimate you would have to be recognized by the tourism authority that you are an actual media outlet enough for them to justify paying you a flight ticket and covering all of your expense costs so when I first got my when I got my first press trip it was to New Zealand and that was kind of the tipping that was the turning point where I decided okay I'm not going to be able to say no to this like once in a lifetime opportunity Um, and so that was the point where I decided to quit my job and then do this so with that yeah it was the New Zealand Tourism Board, it was really honourable. I felt really honoured. They flew me from Singapore to New Zealand to cover this Queenstown marathon. So on top of that, they were also like taking us to visit different wineries around the region and also vi- uh, stay in unique B&Bs, which was a really interesting experience because if not for all these tourism boards recommendations, you probably wouldn't know about all these mom and pop um, local brands, local hospitality companies. I mean, I saw so many people that were on a working holiday. So something unique about New Zealand is that maybe you go to a restaurant that is frequented by tourists and you see all these waiters and waitresses and they have this badge that has their flag on it. I actually have one here. Let me see if I can show you. But it's a bit... um. 
yeah it is this so how how it happened was like i saw that all these people were from all over the country and um and just coming together to work in the whole like F&B or hospitality brands in New Zealand. And that was when I discovered Working Holiday. It's this program where you are allowed to stay for up to six months in New Zealand and be legally allowed to work there. And I was thinking, wow, if there was, that would be such a cool job. Um, and even though it went against like the whole conventional path of climbing your career ladder, when I got that press trip to New Zealand, I was like, okay, this must be a sign. I'm coming back to New Zealand for the second time. I might as well apply and see if I get it. And so I really did get it. So I went on that press trip and I never left. So, what? yeah. Wow. How long were you staying there? I ended up staying in New Zealand for six months, working in this glacier company in the middle, in the middle of uh, like a glacier town where we would bring tourists up to on a helicopter up to the ice glacier to hike hike on the glacier with the crampons, those like pointy wow. things at the end of your boots um, to hike on the, on the glacier, which was, yeah, really amazing because it was such a different experience from city life and I realized that I really liked the whole country vibes. Yeah. Wow, this is a great experience and I love your story because I think when listeners might be listening to this and get inspired that there are so many different ways to live, right? And when you said like, well, it's different than climbing a career ladder, you can climb glaciers instead. <laughs> Hi, if you listened to this far, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or my YouTube channel. If you have any feedback for the show, please let me know on the Aspiring CMO Podcast social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or send me an email on my website. Now let's get back to the episode. I was always like, okay, this is my life. Even though I don't like it, I probably have to you know, slog at a job in order to earn a living. And then that would be the rest of my life. Um, but then, yeah, I went on that six month trip and I did couch surfing. So I met a lot of people that I normally wouldn't meet. And that was when I discovered that, you know, people can be musicians and artists and pursue alternative careers and still love and thrive in life. And that was, yeah, that was like that switch that I had where I was like, okay, who cares about like climbing a corporate ladder if I can earn a living, be happy, um, travel while I'm young and do everything online. And today, how big is your team? Like, do you have a, a team around you to help you or? Yeah, I do. So I have two virtual assistants. I have a writer. I have a video editor and a graphic designer. That's a full so team. Five. A, a, a full department <laughs> over here, right? Yeah, that's why I like to say that, you know, I can literally in July, the whole of July, I was maybe working two hours a week and everything was still going and I was still earning basically the same amount as if I was, you know, sitting down at a desk and working like normal hours. So it's it's nice to have like a virtual team. It's nice to have like a passive ish income rolling because I get to enjoy the balance of working, challenging myself at work versus also playing. Yeah. Um, I like to explore the concept of playing of, at work, you know, because you don't feel like you're working, but it's more like a play. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm also on my journey right now to explore what I enjoy the most and can I stick with it? 
Yeah, if you're enjoying whatever you do and it's kind of just sharing what you love to do, it doesn't become a chore anymore and you get excited waking up and exploring a new destination as compared to, I remember hating Mondays and wishing that the day would end quickly so I could go home, that sort of thing. In your travel blogging, do you um, now you explain like we are focusing more on SEO, but I also see you have a YouTube channel. Like right now, how do you uh, think the best way to diversify traffic? Or do you still yeah. just not more, more focus on SEO? Yeah, SEO is still definitely my main focus. But then I have... I'm less pressured to constantly create content. So I used to produce consistently like once a week at the very least of blog posts on the blog. But now it is more strategic. Like I would do proper keyword research before deciding whether or not to write an article. And I never really run out. Like people think that, oh, if you stop traveling, you run out of ideas. But for me, I have been to over 50 countries, so it's not like I have a lack of content. It's really just a lack of time writing those content. So yeah, my my blog posts are still ongoing. I'm still, like I still work with my team to produce fresh content every month. Um, But also like with the whole advent of video and the emphasis on video, I thought that since I've been blogging for, you know, so many years, I wanted a new challenge. And I was always very shy being in front of the camera, which is why I, you know, stay behind the screen and write those articles. But I thought like, okay, maybe it's time. So this was kind of during the pandemic, you know, it's when you really, you really step out of that bubble and evaluate things. And so I was thinking, okay, yeah, maybe it's time to um, grow another channel to learn something new. So video was um, like a new challenge for me, which I started during the pandemic. I left Singapore in October 2020 and then embarked on like this two year long journey around Latin America, so Central and South America. And I like, I got this like gimbal. So I said, okay, I'm gonna force myself to do it. And since like I have a travel buddy, I will do more of that content. And so, yeah, I mean, it's still, my YouTube is definitely still growing. I'm still learning the whole, um, like the hook and the whole storyline behind video taking. So it's still definitely a work in progress, but I am also right now producing content weekly as much as I can from all the travels. That's so cool. Okay, I'm going to link down your YouTube channel in the show notes so people can follow you and support because I know, like, girl, I know, like, how much effort it takes to do YouTube videos. It's a pain. It's it's not an easy job. I guess it's a whole different set of skills. It's a different mindset than SEO. I always thought, like, you know, YouTube is kind of a search engine. I, I'm still on the edge whether it's a search engine or not. They say it is. Um, and then I would just do like keyword research and then just hardcore go like just search terms, but apparently that's not it. Like I interview also like a YouTuber on the channel and, and he's got like over a million subs and he's like, don't go into this keyword research loophole. Don't focus on like the title thumbnails and, um, like the whole idea of your story to do that. Don't do this keyword research. And and actually, yeah, I had an experience building a YouTube channel and we 
found it so not rewarding by following like a SEO mindset on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I feel like def- there's definitely the SEO aspect into YouTube too, because after all, people are searching with keywords. But of course, there's more that goes into that with the whole video editing. And yeah, like you mentioned, thumbnails and all that. So still figuring it out and still playing around yeah, with it. Exactly. And it's like gives you like um different asset, I think, because if once we build a YouTube video, we can also chop it off to different um segments and that repurpose them easier and it's like it's almost like you make a big big content and you can just reuse it Mm. in so many different ways and i guess your writers will turn that into blog posts at some point and things like that that's true yeah yeah i do that so like one piece of video so because i also do blogging tutorials so one piece of video uh we would chop it out into different shorter reels slash shots and so you can repurpose them as a shot or an instagram reel and then the transcription will go into the blog post. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you also have courses. So like, I know we've been talking about travel blogging, but I've seen you also have SEO courses. Like, um, how did that come to your mind to do that? Or, or when did you start? Yeah. That's so true. again, it was during like the pandemic. Um, I was like, okay, travel is down. There's no traffic. Um, that was when I was like, okay, what else can I do? I've been serving SEO clients, but I've never really thought about teaching. And since, you know, it was quite a, a lull period at that time, I was just thinking that, okay, maybe I can create some product on my own and serve the bigger audience where they wouldn't have to pay exorbitant amounts to have me service them, but they can learn it themselves at their own time, especially like, you know, during the pandemic, everyone was kind of in either learning mode or creating mode. So that was when I was like, okay, I've learned all of these. There were so many trial and errors that I had along the way. But with this course, I can condense everything that I've learned, minus away all the mistakes and all the time wasted, and just condense it into one course with video tutorials and teach step-by-step how to get to you know, full-time blogging where I am now. And so that was, yeah, that was how it started. And this SEO course, I feel like more and more, like as as I started traveling around, I've met a lot of also like startups and business owners, people like entrepreneurial skills, entrepreneurial mindsets, um, wanting to grow their own business. But then they're like, oh, do I really have to run ads all the time? And so I was like, you know, I have this SEO course. Once you master SEO, it's basically a foot, a step, a foot in the door because you're able to grow your traffic organically and you're, and you're attracting your ideal audience rather than putting it on Instagram or on social media, for example, and then just hoping somebody would, like one of your posts would get viral. So I feel like SEO is more of like a sure a guaranteed way to get that targeted traffic. But of course, it's it's a longer process as compared to running ads, but it's definitely yeah. much yeah. more cost efficient. Yep. Yeah, I think so too. And it's like, um, but, you know, a lot of startups at first, they don't have the money to invest in SEO as well because it's such a long churn and you need at least a year or two to really get it going. Um, mm-hmm. But the same with YouTube too. So like, 
I see SaaS companies nowadays, and then they see they start a YouTube channel, but as so, as soon as they run out of money, they stop the YouTube or they don't improve their YouTube because you know um, they got other things to worry about. And I, I view YouTube and SEO similarly in that case, which is mm-hmm. like takes a long time, but it has a very high return in long term. Yeah. That's true. That's hundred percent true. That's what I tell like students all the time as well. Cause, yeah, sometimes you don't really see the results immediately, and that can be a bit unmotivating. Super. But yeah, it's really the long term game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, recent like I my channel is so baby. It's a I call it the baby channel because it's got mm-hmm. like a hundred something subs. And but I did put on a couple of like lead magnet videos, and they work. Mm. despite having such a low following so um whoever is listening like even if you have a channel then as soon as you start some lead magnet stuff like free free template free something then people sign up which is like an email address is a lot more valuable than a subscribe i think yeah for sure and like the key i found is really to always provide value and be consistent just keep showing up i know it can I mean, this advice is for me as well. It can get really tiring. And sometimes I always question. I mean, even after all these years, I question myself, like, what is the point of doing what I do? Do I really make a difference? That sort of thing. And and yeah, sometimes it gets a bit like unmotivating. So the key is really just to always provide value and be consistent in showing up if you want to, you know, build like an online presence. Yeah, yeah. And... So I just want to tell you, like, personally, like, whatever you're doing is, like, 100% inspiring other people. Like, I am one of them. But just, like, you know, I'm so thankful you come on this podcast because it's, like, more like an honest conversation, like a long, elaborative answer how you got to where you are today. And I sometimes find podcasts a lot more valuable as compared to, like, social media like Instagram or mm. Facebook or even YouTube because we kind of just see the highlights, right? Like when yeah. you do a YouTube video, I'm like, okay, what is that highlight point I can sell in this video so that exactly. I can, yeah. But they don't see per se that, you know, for you to get to like 80K traffic is actually like a long, long mm-hmm. time invested and a lot of sacrifices yeah. you made, so things like that, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Thanks for telling me. I think it's really quite encouraging to hear from readers or like audiences because sometimes it feels like you're just putting out content but not getting feedback so you start questioning yourself oh yeah okay that makes sense uh one of the (laughs) one of my guests she she is a youtuber i've been following and i was just hoping that she would say yes but like it was a cold dm you know and it's one Mm -hmm. of those things like a cold dm has like a you know 90 percent say no rate like they don't even open but she came onto the podcast. I'm like, girl, I've been following your channel, and without you, I would not know how to use Canvas. So and she's like, oh my god, mm. yeah. But you would think that because she has like a, a lot, lot higher following, she would know how cool she is. But even she doesn't know how cool she is. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, like a I common guess... problem to creators, like imposter syndrome. Yeah, at the end of it, we're all still humans, right? Like. Yeah, we just think that you know because you've been in front of the screen and because of all these numbers, you become like the superhuman. But no, we're just humans. My last question is: Now that you've gone through, you have a very remarkable career in this travel blogging, and I don't even know how you're gonna answer this. But like, if you were to go back in time, 
uh, what advice would you give to your younger self? I think I was ooh, my younger self. I was, you know, really questioning it, questioning my choice a lot because obviously I was doing something very different from all of my peers and I was always filled with doubts. Um, like I was doing things that were not, you know, like approved by society and stuff like that. So my advice I would give to my younger self would be to trust that it always works out if you just follow your gut, if you just follow your heart and do what calls out to you. Um, yeah, trust that the universe will always find a way for you. And even if you're still figuring things out, it's okay to keep experimenting and to try new things, try things that scare you because only when you step out of your comfort zone can you learn more about yourself and just a whole self-discovery from inside. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's definitely 100% inspiring to me because um, when I moved to Chiang Mai, it was not approved. You know, it was like, well, why are you going? Well, I want to. And then the way I said it, it was like so aggressive so that they didn't even try to like, like say anything else. But like I, I could feel how people around me are not accepting like, oh, you know, I quit my job. I'm starting this aspiring CMO. They had no idea what the hell that does it mean what is a podcast and mm-hmm. but anyway it, I know I'm doing the right thing and and just keep going yeah that's good keep on going yeah yeah all right thank you so much for joining the podcast and if people would like to reach out to you how can they find you yeah thanks for having me if you like to find out about everything about what I do you can go to bellaroundthewall.com you can find all of my social media handles there my newsletters there as well, including my free master, including my free SEO masterclass. Awesome. Join the masterclass and become an SEO guy. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Isabel introduction. In today's episode, I invited Isabel from Bell Around the World. Bell has been a full-time travel blogger and digital nomad for the past years. She's built a large following on Instagram with over 16,000 followers and 80,000 organic traffic per month on her website. She's going to share her journey, how she's become a travel blogger, and how to bake free from a traditional life and find a lifestyle that makes you happy and successful. Now let's get into the episode. <laughs> 